Last week, we started our Advent sermon series, Hidden News. And in the texts that are so popular for us, where we see words that we're used to talking about, angels and shepherds and a baby and and Gabriel, we're going to look a little bit deeper. And so I'm just going to throw an image up there, and then y'all go with what you first see. So how many of you see a bird? How many of you saw a rabbit? So look, which one is it? Y'all can argue about it later over brunch. The, the thing I like about this piece of art is that it's very simple, detailed, but also very rich and complex. And I think that the Christmas texts that we read every Advent are something that we could look at and see as, as simple, but also beautiful. And these next couple of weeks, we're going to see some of the complexity of them by pulling out some hidden words within. So as we prepare to hear God's word today, will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, I pray that the words we read would be yours The words that we hear would be yours. The words that are preached would be yours. And the words that come within us and stick with us for some reason, that they would be yours, Lord God. Whatever it is you have for each of us gathered here today, we pray it would be for your glory only. In Christ's name, amen. We're reading through the Gospel of Luke together. I invite you to join us. We're doing chapters 1 and 2 before the end of the year, and then we'll have a reading plan for you beginning in January. Hear now from the first chapter of Luke. In the sixth month, the the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. So in our story today, we have this woman, this young woman. We think she's 13, 14, or 15. She's engaged to a man named Joseph. It's typical for a woman in her time to be getting married at this early of an age, But then an angel shows up and tells her that she is going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And oh yeah, that baby is going to be the Son of God. We read that when the angel tells Mary, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. We are told that Mary is perplexed. 
In the NIV, it says that she was greatly troubled. This word for perplexed is used only here in the whole New Testament. And it's this compound word. It's dia terasso. And, and dia means to go around or to be around something. And terasso means to be agitated or restless. And so you get this word picture of someone in this constant circle and spiral of anxiety and worry. You see, Mary, when she hears this greeting, she's not just worried. She is deeply distressed in her very core. Her calmness of mind has been taken away. And I wonder if any of you can relate to that. At this point in the text, though, I had always assumed the reason that she is perplexed is because, you know, she had been told she's about to miraculously conceive a baby. She hasn't even been told that yet. Listen again to the text at what, what says here. He came to her and said, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and wondered what sort of greeting this might be. You see, the hidden news of this text and the thing that troubles Mary so deeply that she is in a whirlwind of anxiety, anxiety is that she has just been told, you are accepted and loved by God. The verb is passive here. It doesn't mean that Mary did something to deserve favor. It doesn't mean that Mary feels favored. It's quite the opposite. It means that God pursued Mary and gave her freely this favor. God came to her for some reason and gave her and said, I am, my presence is with you. You see, Mary was just a nobody. She was just a teenager, kind of engaged to a man. She's not in any famous line of matriarchs or patriarchs in scripture. She wasn't well-educated. Most likely, she couldn't even read or write as most women and men in first century Palestine could not. When she comes in on the scene, I bet you when people first heard about Mary, they thought it was a cameo. They thought, oh, here's this random nobody, and that as soon as she came in on the scene, she's going to leave and quickly be forgotten about. Can you imagine the Christian faith, the Christian story without Mary? No wonder she is so greatly perplexed. When out of nowhere, God shows up to her, a nobody, and says, I am with you. You are favored. I think that one of the greatest obstacles to abundant life right now in the present is Christians who are not able to really accept that they are favored by God. Who are not able to accept that they are within, they have the presence of God. That despite the criticism of the various voices around them, Despite the measures that both school and work and home and the stock market say make us favored, that with all, without all of that, just by being human, we are favored by God. Now, to be clear, being favored by God does not mean you're God's favorite. Sorry. It doesn't mean that you are God's favorite or that any one person is actually better than any other person. Mary is not better than any of us. When we accept God's favor and grace, 
It means that despite our inabilities, despite those places that we know where we mess up and despite our sin, that the grace and favor of God remains the same. In fact, before any of us were even born, even thought of, God came to this earth, Emmanuel, God with us, and then showed the full extent of that grace and favor by giving his life for us. When we accept God's favor, it also means that despite the good things that we do, the ways we try so voraciously to live righteous, the ways we try to not sin and to serve the least of these and do all those things that we're supposed to do as good Christians, despite that, the love, favor, and grace of God remain the same. It's not as if we get more. Gosh, it is surely perplexing to think that our holy God favors us. Us. What would be different in our lives if we really believed this? What would our relationships, the way we look at ourselves in the mirror, the way we interact with our friends and our children and our spouses and our colleagues and our neighbors that have no idea what it is to be in relationship with Jesus? In the classic story, The Velveteen Rabbit, there is this scene where Skin Horse, who's one of the characters in the book, is trying to help the rabbit understand what it means to be real. Because the Velveteen Rabbit feels quite excluded because ever since he was given to the little boy, he has kind of remained untouched. He has been glossed over by the shiny robotic toys that make beeps and fly. And the Velveteen Rabbit asks the Skin Horse How does a toy become real? The skin horse replies, real isn't how you are made. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt? Asked the rabbit. Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you are real... You don't mind being hurt. Does it happen all at once, like being wound up, he asked, or bit by bit? It doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or have sharp edges or have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off. I know some of you are saying amen. (laughs) And your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But because things don't matter at all, because once you are real, you can't be ugly. Except to people who don't understand. And then the rabbit asks the skin horse, can it ever, can you ever become unreal again and the skin horse says once you are real you can't become unreal again it lasts for always I think the skin horse would say something similar to each of us today that when we accept that we are favored and loved by God it is the thing that matters most it is the fuel tank for living for confidence for esteem And that love does not mean that we will not get hurt. In fact, 
When we decide we're going to follow Jesus, it means that we're signing up for change. We're signing up for transformation. And that most likely might rub our hair off, make our joints feel achy, and sometimes we are going to look in the mirror and feel rather shabby about ourselves. I think that up until this moment in Mary's story that she had an idea what her life was going to be like. She was going to marry this man. She was engaged. She was going to marry this man named Joseph. They were going to have children, and God willing, those children would be healthy and grow old and have their own children. But what happens here changes all that. God comes in this messenger we know, Gabriel, and says to her, things are about to get much bigger for you. You are real to me. You are favored. I have a plan for you beyond what you can even imagine. Those hopes and dreams that you had for your life, oh my gosh, they're about to be so huge. She had to see herself beyond the narrowly defined place in which she had found herself because her culture, her religion, the society, the tradition, told her where she was supposed to be. What about us? Are we too tightly tied to our assigned place? Have we let the boxes that others have put us into limit us? Are we quieting that still small voice that continues to whisper us, whisper to us, go for it? Are we willing to risk being perplexed and resting in that moment of discomfort and then seeing what possible huge, big things God could do with our lives. The word of God came to what the world would say is a nobody and told her, you are highly favored. I am with you. How much more will the word of God come to all of us and say, you are favored. I am with you. Oh, that all of us might have an angel, Gabriel, that would enlarge our vision today. Because the word of God still comes. We are worth God being with us. Maybe that is the reason that Emmanuel came. is so that God could show in the flesh, you are so worth it that I'm willing to come. I'm willing to come in human form. Take this on, live and die for you. I pray that this gives all of us hope for our life, but I also pray it gives you confidence and courage to know that God is with you, that you are favored, and may we pursue a bigger dream. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.